Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. And uh, we bring in now uh, our good friend Mike Renner, lead draft analyst for Pro Football Focus, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. And, Mike, it has certainly become as the G turns, the soap opera that is the Green Bay Packers, after taking Jordan Love for their first pick in the uh, 2020 draft, and then Brett Favre, and then everything that's been said. And so you tell me, how do you think the Green Bay Packers did in their draft? I didn't love it. I was not a fan of what they did, and it – and it comes down to this. It's your team that was on the verge of a Super Bowl last year. It went to the NFC Championship game. You have some pretty glaring needs on the roster and your starting quarterback who's, you know, under contract for the next four years, openly opined for a receiver position that was an all-time deep receiver class. And you not only ignore that, but you draft you know, feasibly backups with your first three picks to a roster like that, I just don't see how anyone can get on board with that. And then it's not just backups. You have backups that not so valuable positions with your second and third picks and a running back and a fullback there, or backup tight ends. So, first of all, let me say I agree with you. I, I, this was somewhat baffling to me. Do you get the sense that this organization is ignoring this season and maybe even next, and they're saying, you know what? Yeah, we got a couple of guys that we may lose in the off season, and we've got some backups for them now. But we're kind of gearing up for twenty twenty two. I mean, this that this wasn't a draft for the upcoming season. It didn't. So it felt more like this is a draft to gear up for what Matt Lafleur wants to run. It felt more like he had his finger on the trigger for these picks, and not necessarily Brian Gutekunst. That he is like, I need myself a workhorse running back. I need myself a fullback go get me one sort of thing to run my offense to basically, you know, become the San Francisco 49ers. That to me was what it looked like. And the other thing is that I know people have said it by now is the, the signal caller. I want a guy who's going to, you know, run my offense also and not, you know, work outside of structure, not try to make it and put it all on his arm. And like Aaron Rodgers, it's kind of been his MO over the last few years. So I think that uh, is also a part of this. The, uh, Brett Favre said that Aaron Rodgers should feel disrespected. In your opinion, should he? Yes, I think so. With where this draft pick is, it's not. This isn't the time. If you're going to replace Aaron Rodgers, this is not the time. You, you, this his rookie contract, Jordan Love's rookie contract, is going to end, and you're going to have to make the fifth year decision before Aaron Rodgers' contract ends. Like you're going to you're going to have to decide whether or not he's a quarterback in the future before Aaron Rodgers is even done playing the deal you just inked him to. So to me. I don't see how you could look at that as any other way other than disrespectful because you're basically either wasting a guy's entire rookie contract or you're saying, Aaron Rodgers, we're not going to 
you're not going to be here for your whole contract that we just gave you. Now, here's the other question. Is Jordan Love a good pick, just as a quarterback coming into the NFL? I didn't have him value there. I thought the inconsistency, the inaccuracy, just all of the sort of negatives outweighed what he could become, the chance of what he could become. And I would have taken that chance more back in the second, early in the third round if I was going to draft a guy like Jordan Love. But the interesting thing about it, and I think the thing that is why this is probably my favorite pick of their draft, uh, that's obviously not saying a lot, is that everyone kind of has the same evaluation of Jordan Love. Everyone around the league is like kind of, all, I don't want to say buys into, oh, he could be Patrick Mahomes, but everyone sees the talent. And so if he comes in for two games or lights it up for a preseason or whatnot, and it's cleaned up some of those things on his tape that everyone said, you know, he needs to be coached out of I'm not sure we're going to be able to get. If he shows that for a limited sample size, you're going to have teams lining up, knocking on your door to see if they can trade from. And it's not just the first-round pick they're going to be traded from. They're going to be traded more than just that. So I think it's, it's a lottery ticket, but this one has a chance of being, you know, a powerball, whereas the ones in the second and third round have a chance of being, like, scratch-offs. That's I, I, that I get. Uh, I, I I guess if Jordan Love turns out to be a terrific quarterback, we're going to look back on this draft and go, boy, what a ballsy move! And now they've got their guy for the next decade. If he doesn't turn out to be the guy, and Aaron Rodgers somewhat falters because he doesn't have the talent around him, this is going to be the beginning of the end for a long period of time for the Packers, isn't it? That's the thing with. You know, Brian Kudekun's making this move. You better darn well be right. You just took a quarterback who, objectively, by any statistical or us grading here at PFF, wasn't good last year. Like, he threw almost as many touchdowns, interceptions as touchdowns at Utah State, not like Alabama, not, you know, some big school playing real defenses. He was at a small school and not playing good football. So if he, you know, goes to the NFL and then isn't good like, oh, he showed in college, what are you doing as an evaluator drafting that guy in the first round? That, that's just sort of uh, it's an easy target for fans to rally against, and I don't blame them. That's sort of a, that's a call that you've got to be pretty darn sure is right to be making. Yeah, that was going to be uh, the question, that if this doesn't work out, this, this sets the organization back. Now, some of the other picks they did get, uh, Josiah DeGara, this is a guy that certainly seems to be versatile, I guess, to, to, to put it the very least. So you tell me, is he good enough to sit back and, and, and really kind of be one of those key pieces that can work in Matt LaFleur's offense? Yes. If you were telling me who's the best fullback in this draft, it would have been Josiah Degar. Easily. He is, I think, as a blocker and as a receiver, he brings that to the table. Uh, so if you were in that fullback in the third round, this is who I would have taken. I think he has real natural receiving ability. I just worried about, you know, not a lot of teams use fullbacks. So I just worried about sure drafting him as a tight end. I don't know how he's going to hold up against defensive ends. I don't know if he's necessarily fast enough to get down the field and be a dynamic weapon. But I think as a fullback, he's more than enough and brings, like I said, those natural hands. He doesn't drop a lot of passes and has a real hard-nosed attitude. He's going to contribute to special teams, too. He's kind of just like a, a culture guy in your locker room that you're probably going to look back on and be, you know, say he was probably worth not not necessarily worth the third round pick, but that you got a good player. Um, I, by the way, we're talking with Mike Renner, uh, the lead draft analyst for Pro Football Focus. So, with the what the Packers did pick up, uh, the talent they did get, they picked up offensive linemen. They picked up guys that because they're looking at Corey Lindsley possibly leaving next year, Kenny Clark. They're picking up. Uh, they got uh, the outs, uh, the left tackle, David Bakhtiari. I mean, there's some guys, Aaron Jones. 
So have they at least refortified this team that if they lose one or two of those guys next year, they feel that they've got guys that, or at least guys they believe that could step in and fill the bill? I'm not necessarily sure. Like Aaron Jones is not being replaced by A.J. Dillon. That's a different type of running back altogether. Jabal Williams is being replaced by A.J. Dillon. That's the type of running back you're getting in Dillon. I do worry about where they went along about not addressing their offensive line either because Rick Wagner did not look good last year, and that's your option at right tackle. So you're kind of thin there as well. And then didn't bring in any reinforcements along the defensive line uh, remains to be seen what they're going to do with Kenny Clark, but like they, they don't have a sort of backup plan, great backup plan for him at the moment. So I'm not sure this draft, even if you are saying yeah, it was a long-term play, I, I don't really see much of the long-term vision outside of the Jordan Love fix. Yeah, it's it's man, it's it's an interesting time in, in Green Bay, no doubt about it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, when you look at his play, when you look at at, at, at what he needed. We all figured he needed another wide receiver. Now, Marquez Valdez-Scantling did not take that step forward. Geronimo Allison they get rid of. Uh, Alan Lazard's a guy they bring in. Do they have a, somebody else besides Devontae Adams that you believe can take that next step? I will say this. I think Devin Funches at least has better ball skills to the, to the point where Rodgers will give him chances. And that's one of the biggest things in recent years is just that Rodgers has no one he's willing to throw with anticipation to outside of Devontae Adams. No one he's willing to, if they're not completely wide open, really give a chance to make a play on the ball because, I mean, quite frankly, they, didn't, they don't have good ball skills. Like, I wouldn't trust those guys necessarily either. Those guys have had drops, you know, Valdez, Scanling, even Jermon Moore, who didn't even, you know, obviously make an impact. Those guys had drop issues dating back to college, and then the, throughout the NFL it's kind of been their M.O. So I don't blame him necessarily for not, but he – but then that's not running an alpha offense. Then you're, you're not able to, you know, function within structure if you're not willing to throw those timing throws. So I, I think Funchess at least you'll trust him to make those plays in traffic. You'll trust him not to run the wrong routes and not to you know hang you out to dry as a quarterback. So that's a good thing. But at the same time, he's not dynamic. He's not a guy who's going to break a ton of tackles or be you know a separator down the football field. So uh, I think that's at least an upgrade over what you had. But you still had pretty much bottom of the barrel outside of Devontae. Yeah, I was going to say, I, you, you, there just didn't seem to be a lot there. And I know that they say they have confidence in the guys they have, but I, I, I personally don't see it. Now we saw Aaron Jones become a better receiver out of the backfield. Now when you look at uh, when you look at the running game and you look at the guys that they picked up, obviously we talked about the girl, but A.J. AJ Dillon, he's kind of a beast running out of, uh, out of Boston College. Is he a good one-two punch, do you feel, to what Aaron Jones brings to the table? Yeah, I think he's an upgrade probably over Jamal Williams. But, again, that's not really saying a lot. Jamal Williams is kind of a limited guy in terms of the speed he brought to the table. A.J. Dillon at least has that. I mean, when he gets a go and he's tough to bring down. But he's also a guy who really needs space to operate. He's not a guy – you see that big body, you think, oh, short yardish guy. But, he, he, like I said, he needs a head of steam, and he doesn't operate great in tight spaces. And if he stops his feet, he's toast. He's too much weight to get moving quickly in a hurry. So – uh, I, I'll be interested to see how they deploy him because he's kind of like, uh, let's say, not how you, not what you'd expect in terms of you'd rather be using him on wide runs, pitches to the edge, that sort of thing, where he's one on one with cornerbacks and safeties rather than right between the tackles, you know, running him right at a linebacker. Hey, uh, before I let you go, I got to ask you now. John Runyon played left tackle for Michigan. Stepaniak, who they've got listed as a tackle, he actually played guard for Indiana. 
When it comes to the fortification of the offensive line, I mean, a lot of people like Jake Hansen, who could take over for Corey Lindsley if indeed they lose Lindsley. But who's likely, more likely, Runyon or Stepaniak, to actually fortify the offensive line and become a good depth guy? I think Runyon. I think he was just not a tackle at the college level or at the pro level. I think he is much going to be much better on the inside. He's definitely more the most athletic of those guys down there. So if I were to bet on one, it would probably be him. Whether I'm not sure whether they're going to end him up either at center or guard, but I think on the interior he'll be much better than he looked at Michigan at tackle. Always great to talk to you, Mike. Uh, I left a lot of people scratching their heads, and uh, we're here in uh, the uh, Wisconsin area. No different because we're wondering exactly what the plan is, whether it's now or whether it's later. But that being said, appreciate your time as always. We appreciate it, okay? For sure, Bill. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Mike Renner, he is the lead draft analyst for Pro Football Focus, joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been getting it done. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. That's 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.